Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. And we're introducing some new segments called the Real Estate Syndication Show Highlights, where we are bringing you a look back at episodes focused on a specific topic that we believe added a lot of value to you in your syndication journey. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also hit the notification bell so you can continue to know when new shows come out. Have a blessed day. Our guest is John Rubino. Thanks for being on the show, John. Thanks, Whitney. Appreciate uh, you having me today. What's your main role in the company? That's a great question. I'm a jack of all trades. One day I'll be doing marketing and advertising, answering emails, talking to investors. The next day I'm out talking to developers and sponsors, either online or virtually, going to meetings, sitting down with them, rolling up our sleeves to talk about our business and to talk about their business. The most important thing to me is to find like-minded partners, which we call sponsors and developers we work with, and to build that relationship and partnership on trust, getting a chance to talk to each other, really being transparent and open. And that's worked really well for us. We don't typically look at a deal right out of the gate with a company. We're looking for companies that we can grow a relationship with, that we can start the process out to talk to. And that takes a lot of time because you know you can reach out to 10 or 20 businesses in a day. So that's kind of one side of what I do on the project development to, to reach out to new sponsors that need our money. And then I'm going out and I'm talking to our current investors. We're giving them project updates. We bring them out to the sites. We walk the projects with them. We have a great, the relationship that we build with those partners allows us the opportunity to really have an open line of communication directly to the presidents and CEOs of the company. I had a meeting two weeks ago with the president of Clark Construction. I was in his office. I mean, that's the type of connections that we are starting to get through our relationships and through our networks, which is fantastic. Well, yeah, on any given day, I could be marketing and advertising, answering emails, but I really like getting out in the field and looking at our projects, bringing our investors out there. I also belong to a large group of networking groups in the area, which I think is the lifeblood of our business. If anybody wants to start in real estate, get out there and go to meetup groups, go out to network, go out and meet different people because so many people can open the door for you, whether it's directly or indirectly. And that to me is the best part of this business. I like how you said so many people can open the door. I mean, you have no idea when you're speaking to someone who they know and how that person can help you or maybe how you can help them in the future. Absolutely. So you talked about like finding a good deal sponsor, these partners that you're talking about. Can you give us some pointers on doing that? How do we know when we find a good deal sponsor, maybe somebody we want to invest with? What do you look for? Sure. So, I mean, we typically want to do our due diligence on any company we work with. We typically look for a certain type of partner that we can help, whether it's a partner that's doing a larger development, it's a partner that has something that we're attracted to from a real estate standpoint. Kind of how I laid it out. They're they're going to put in a townhouse development. They're going to build a condominium complex or they're going to do a senior assisted community. And it's not too hard to go out and look for those folks. It's pretty interesting if you think about it. You can go into your LinkedIn profile. You can go into LinkedIn and do a search for developers and companies that are out there that are doing these large developments. 
And you can do that by state. You can do that by real estate market. You can just go to Google and do a Google search. That's kind of the cold way of doing it. But like I said, if you go out and network and you can present yourself in a way that it shows people what you're attracted to, you'd be very surprised how people can kind of come out and connect with you. And the relationships, again, they open a lot of doors. We've had the luxury of working with some great developers, of which some have been some of my best friends. Some of them have been people that we were introduced to through mutual contacts. But if you do your homework and you see that area of what you want to invest in, you can definitely find different companies out there that can use your help. And you have to be unique. And these days, you know, I started out as a private money and hard money lender. But money is so, I don't want to say easy, but it's so accessible that you can go out and get money pretty easily nowadays. Some people are worried about that, obviously, because of where we're at in the cycle. But at the same time, I want to make myself unique. And the way I make myself unique is equity. And equity is unique because equity is a little more vulnerable. You have to protect yourself a little bit more with equity because if the bank comes in and they're going to bring in 80%, let's say, of the investment money, and you as equity are going to bring in 20% or you're behind the debt, which is the bank. So my biggest risk as an investor in my business and for my investors is how do we protect their equity? Because if something happens with the market or the sponsor defaults, we could lose all our money. So we put different things in place to help our investors sleep at night. We don't pay the business any money until the investor makes a minimum of 12% annualized on our projects. We don't take any fees up front. We do very, very detailed due diligence on our developers. Our developers and our sponsors we work with bring in a minimum of 10%. So if someone's looking for me to raise $2 million, they have to bring in a minimum of $200,000. That's what we call skin in the game. So we want the developers to have skin in the game. We bring in our own money. My business partner, David, and I bring in our own money when we go out and raise money for our investors. And then also, we don't guarantee any of the bank loans. So when you go out and you get a bank loan, just like when you buy a house, you guarantee that note, right? You tell the bank, hey, I'm personally telling you that I'm going to make my mortgage payments. And if I don't, you can come after me personally. We don't have any say in that as the investors on these projects. We're purely passive. We're a limited partner, and we're basically built into the management side of the project underneath the sponsor, who is either the managing partner or the general partner. So we come in as a limited partner, which releases us from a lot of liability. Now, again, the biggest risk for us is the equity is exposed, and it could have potential um, ramifications if something happens with the deal. So that's why it's very important that we do our due diligence, that we make sure that we're very, very connected, relationship-based connections to the partners so that we feel comfortable with what we're doing. And obviously, the location, where we're going to be investing, the demographics, what's the attraction? DC, it's Emerald City here, right? We love DC. Everybody knows that Amazon H2Q has been in the mix to come to either Northern Virginia or Washington, DC. We're watching that. That can definitely skyrocket prices. So there's a lot of things here in DC we love about this market. But there are also other markets. You know, I could tell you about Atlanta. I could tell you about Tampa. I could talk to you about South Carolina, North Carolina. So it all depends on what you want to do, what makes you unique, and what you can bring to value or value for those folks you want to work with. That's great. I had many questions there I was going to ask you, but if I just gave you just a second, you answered it. (laughs) That's really good. I want you to get your questions in. I definitely do. Please. That was good. It was really good. 
So you talked about presenting ourselves. I think about our listener who is really just getting into this business and they're looking maybe at other deal sponsors to partner with or raise capital for, or maybe even how to present ourselves to an investor. You know, could you speak to that a little bit? How do we present ourselves like you were talking about? Sure. You know, I took a full year to get our business launched, right? It took a full year because I said, I don't want to launch this and have areas that have major holes, right? I've been a player my whole life as a Navy pilot. When you go out and fly your aircraft, you want to make sure you got enough gas. You know you can make it to your destination, that your students studied or that we know what mission we're going to do. So you want to plan. You want to sit down and you want to put your arms around what your plan is. What do you want to do in real estate? Do you want to be a wholesaler? Do you want to be a financer? Do you want to be a rehabber? Depending on what you want to do, you sit down and you decide what you want to do. I'm a lender, so I love capital stacks. So when I look at a deal, it's always, hey, what's the money aspect of it? What does this individual need to do to bring capital in to make money for everyone and make it a successful project? And that's where I then pick it apart. But yeah, planning is a big part. That full year we took, we built our website, we built our marketing plan, we built the prospectus for our investors, we built our website, we built our Facebook. So we did all of the stuff. And then we went out to our most trusted mentors and people that have had 30, 40, 50 years of combined real estate experience. And we had them just beat the living heck out of us to say, hey, this is the holes that you have in your plan. And these individuals that came in made us a better business. And as they gave us back the paperwork to say, hey, you guys are ready to go, they held on to it pretty tight. Because when we pulled it back, they said, before you take this back, just make sure that we're the first investors in your company. So that was a great compliment. So my, my advice would be is planning. Plan, plan your business model. Plan on what you need to succeed depending on what you want to do. If you want to be a rehabber, make sure you got a good contractor, make sure you got a good attorney, make sure you have a good money source, make sure you have a good real estate agent and put your plan together before you launch it. And then when you feel comfortable, go for it and talk to people within your network. And those are the people I mentioned that you can go out to talk to at these meetup groups and just learn from them. Our guest is John Cohen. Thanks for being on the show, John. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you for having me. How did you structure that deal and how did you raise capital from investors at being your first one? So the first deal I did while I was looking for deals, you know, the two things that you always have done has been sourcing deals and sourcing equity. You know, now I'm not an attorney by all means. So obviously when you source equity, you know, consult with your corporate attorney because there's a lot of things you can and can't do. But, you know, I just went to the database. I picked up my cell phone and went from A to Z and just sort of writing down everybody that I knew or had a relationship with their name and a potential amount of money that I think they would have been able to invest. And then I put together an email list. I emailed all of those individuals, sat down with all of them, coffees, lunch, dinners, you name it, you know, had different events for them to come. And so they knew that I was an expert in that field. And then finally, once it came to raising money, then, you know, you put together an executive summary and then you got to ask for it. You know, nobody's going to say, oh, here you go. So I sent it out and basically said, you know, the minimum investment at that time, you know, I would take anything from anybody. We're a little bit different now, but it was a mixture of all that. It was just different events, talking to different people, networking, going out to a million coffees. And then basically just, you know, hey, here's the deal. Here's the situation. Do you want to invest? Yes or no? Awesome. How did you present yourself as an expert, you know, considering it was your first syndication deal, or maybe you had taken on investors with your other 150 single families, I'm not sure. But how did you present yourself as an expert considering you were just starting this venture? The the houses were really all myself. It was my own money, my brother, and maybe a cousin or two. It was not full investor stuff. 
I presented myself as an expert and I think this is something that, you know, everyone should do. You know, you have to educate your database of investors or potential investors before you have a deal. They have to know who you are. So a lot of my investors, you know, I did have a couple of old clients from Marcus and Melichap that invested. And I had some friends that knew what I've been doing for the last, let's call it five years at the time. And when I was a financial advisor, from when I was a broker, from when I was a commercial broker to when I finally put this deal under contract. So they knew that I, you know, one, as a financial advisor, I've raised money before. They knew that I had an education in real estate from being a broker, from also being a commercial broker. And then you have to put a spin on that. You know, you can't just go buy, you know, go to LoopNet and go buy a deal and wherever it is, you got to pick some target markets. I did identify Columbus as a market that I really liked. There was a lot of positive stuff going on. And, you know, prior to that deal, it was an email once a month to my database saying, oh, look at this great article about Columbus. Look at the job growth about Columbus. So when they saw that, and they, you know, everything that I, I, the story that I built around myself, they bought it. But we had about, I think it was maybe about 12 or 13 investors in the first deal raised $580,000. Nice. So fast forwarding to maybe a deal you're working on now or your most recent deal. What are some things that stand out that you wish you'd have known when you were completing that first deal? So that, that's a good question because I, you know, I actually joke about it. You know, partially uh, on that loan, a buddy of mine helped me sign for the loan of my dad, and my buddy who signed, helped me sign for the loan, he invested 120 grand and also signed the loan with me. You know, we're still friends today. We, you know, we partnered on a ton of deals. You know, we, I think the last four or five deals we've done, we partnered on, and. We always joke about it because if we knew what we knew today on that deal, now, now that deal we bought and sold, I was about 18 months and we did phenomenal. It was you know, over a 40% return, uh, not 40 IRR for the investor. So it was a great deal for them. But if we knew what we knew today, that deal would have gone completely different and probably significantly better. But what are some of those things? You know, one, don't be afraid to fire a manager. And I think that's something that everybody has to do. I know we, in, Eight months into that deal, you know, I knew that we should have fired him. I spoke to my mentor. I spoke to a lot of people and they, and we were getting ready to sell it. So they basically said, you know, hold off. Don't disrupt anything right now. On hindsight, I should have fired him, you know, 30 days after takeover. Just, you know, the stories that nothing was going right, but don't be afraid to fire a manager. Two, I think that when you put your deal on paper, you always want it to do better. You do have to be a little bit patient. These deals do take time. It's not a single family flip where you could go in, renovate the kitchen and sell it in 60 days, 90 days. You're dealing with multiple tenants, multiple different personalities, you know, not only from your, your personalities of your investors, your personalities of the, the manager, the personality of all the tenants. And you got a lot of work to do. I mean, we spent, you know, we spent about 250 grand on the deal, you know, renovating it and, and fixing it and getting units online. There was down units. So you have to manage contractors as well as you want the deals to do. And, they can do really well. I always want it done yesterday. And you got to realize that some stuff takes a little bit longer. So you just got to have a little bit more patience when you're doing the bigger deals. And then managing contractors. The first contractor on that property was fantastic. We hired him on another deal. It's a sad story. He ended up getting cancer and passing away. But then he passed off the deal to someone in his company, his boss. And his boss was you know, just the regular contractor stories amplified. Just He was the worst human being in the world. We ended up firing him right away. But managing contractors, you know, from 2014 to today, we've gotten significantly better at. 
We hope that you have enjoyed the highlight show today. You can always listen to the full episodes that were featured today by clicking the links in the show notes page in the, in the description box. Let us know in the comments what you thought of this episode, or you can go to lifebridgecapital.com forward slash podcast and click the feedback button. Let us know how we can add more value to you. Thank you and talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.